one who is more powerful than I, is coming. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. Hear a proclamation from John the Baptist, proclaiming that he is making the way for Jesus, the Messiah. This third Sunday in Advent, we again encounter John the Baptist and his message of repentance in preparing the way for Jesus. John the Baptist had a large following, and people were coming to him to be baptized, to be initiated into John's group, a group centered on this repentance, a turning around toward a better way of living a better way of living centered in God's call for mercy and justice. And John the Baptist's message of repentance in our reading from Luke this morning offers some clear examples. First, John says to those coming to him for baptism, not to make excuses as to why they don't need repenting. You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruits worthy of repentance. Do not begin to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our ancestor. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. John is saying it's not enough. It's not enough to be a descendant of Abraham. John says they must bear fruits of repentance show they have turned to a better way of living. So John moves into the second part of his message on repentance, the bearing fruits worthy of repentance, by showing generosity to those in need and not causing harm to others. Whoever has two coats must share with anyone who has none, and whoever has food must do likewise. And even tax collectors came to be baptized, and they asked him, Teacher, what should we do? And he said to them, Collect no more than the amount prescribed for you. Soldiers also asked him, And we, what should we do? He said to them, Do not extort money from anyone by threats or false accusation. Be satisfied with your wages. John the Baptist's message on being generous is so simple. So simple, but yet so seemingly difficult. We don't need two coats when someone else has none. We don't need an abundance of food when others are hungry. We can easily add to that list ourselves. The point is that repentance... A turning toward a better way of living is rooted in the spirit of God that requires a generosity of spirit. And along with a generosity comes a responsibility not to cheat others and not to extort from them and not to do harm. This is in keeping with the need to work for the broader economic justice which is required by God. The tax collectors in the Roman Empire were known for skimming off the top by collecting more than the tax owed, pocketing the difference. 
Likewise, Roman soldiers would be known for going beyond the authority given them by using their positions of power to extort money from others, by using threats of violence or false accusations. And Luke's context of imperialism is clear. Tax collectors and soldiers both working on behalf of the oppressive Roman government. So many saw the wisdom in what John the Baptist said and the way of life that he called them to live. So questions about John naturally began to arise. Questions as to who John was and if, in fact, he could be the Messiah. But John wanted to set the record straight, to be clear about who he was and who he was not. So John answered all of them by saying, I baptize you with water, but one who is coming more powerful than I is coming. I'm not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. John the Baptist was pointing the world toward Jesus. He was making ready the world to receive Jesus. John the Baptist was telling those who questioned him that he is not the one they should be looking at. They were to look to Jesus. It's Jesus who's the coming Messiah. We should hear John the Baptist speaking those same words to us as Christians today. For it isn't about us. People shouldn't listen to us because we ourselves have anything to say. Our role, like that of John the Baptist, is to point the way toward Jesus. In the church, we can fall into this mode of thinking. It's not that we don't want to draw on our knowledge and experience. And within our Episcopal Anglican tradition, we have this wonderful imagery of the three-legged stool of scripture, tradition, and reason. And they're there to guide us. And these are important, even essential, as we navigate Christian living in our tradition. Nonetheless, it all must point in one direction, or we're going in the wrong direction. John the Baptist understood he was not the Messiah. John the Baptist came to point the way toward Jesus. So our mission as Christians in all that we say, in all that we do, is to point the way toward Jesus. For it is in Jesus we encounter God incarnate. It is in Jesus we see and know how God wants us to relate to one another and to respond to the cares and concerns of the world. Because in Jesus, God related to humanity face to face. In Jesus, God responded to the cares and concerns of the world. Bishop Andy Doyle of the Episcopal Diocese of Texas writes in his book, The Jesus Heist, Recovering the Gospel from the Church, that Jesus gathered followers who formed an ecclesia, which is a gathering of faithful people, a spiritual creation of God, which is a society, a society of friends 
of Jesus. I love that phrase, a society of friends of Jesus. The church, Bishop Doyle explains, is a religious institution. The distinction is an important one. It is the truth of what it means to be ecclesia. And that truth is found in that fellowship of friends of Jesus. As Bishop Doyle points out, this is simply the love of God in Jesus Christ. It is the love of God manifest in the person of Jesus. It is the love of God manifest in the fellowship of those who are loved and are willing to love. This is the very love experienced by the first followers of Jesus and experienced by those whom they loved. And the continual love that has been present in the midst of the fellowship of friends of Jesus for over 2,000 years. This love is exemplified by Christ Jesus, who gives himself over to and for the world. My friends, we are part of the ecclesia, the fellowship of friends of Jesus. And as part of this fellowship, we are to live into the love of Christ, to love God and to love neighbor. And it is a love so deep, a love so profound, that it has the power to transform our lives and our community. It is the love which is the basis of the Christian gospel. And when we live like that, we have found a better way of living. When we live like that, we are bearing fruits worthy of repentance. Advent is a season to focus on how we can live more fully into receiving Jesus. Advent is a season for us to focus on how we can live more fully into being the fellowship and friends of Jesus. Advent is a season to live more deeply into the gospel, which is good news. That gospel of Jesus, that good news of Jesus that brings hope for the world. And to paraphrase, paraphrase Bishop Doyle, the Christian gospel is about a generous community of divine love that is founding on giving ourselves away for the sake of the world. This is at the heart of our Advent season, looking expectantly, waiting for the Messiah, waiting for Jesus, whom brings good news, so that we may live more fully as that generous community of divine love that's founded on giving ourselves away for the sake of the world. Amen. Amen.